Welcome back to the Manga Revolution podcast, your home for the best in-depth commentary on the latest things going on in the manga and anime world. I'm your host, Kevin, and with me today is once again, Rock. How are you, Rock? Doing great as always, Kevin. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. I know we're going to be talking about a few things for this episode, and one like we're actually going to be covering the three newest Shonen Jump mangas that just mm -hmm. came out last month, and we wanted to save these three mangas just because, again, they're the newest mangas. That just came out on Shonen Jump and premiered. So we wanted to like review them all and see what our initial thoughts are. We're only going to be covering the first chapters of them just to see if one of them, one or more of them grabs us to continue on reading. So that's kind of what we're going to be giving in this episode is just our first impressions of the first chapters. I so love it. We get hot, fresh manga. Right. Kevin. Exactly. It always it's makes a, me happy. <laughs> yeah. November was a good month for manga. So it's like it's interesting to see the like as we head into the new year, these new mangas popping up. So. Uh, the three the three mangas that we are going to be covering is the Aishimon by Yuji Kaku, um, Protect Me Shigamura um, by Daki Ihara, and Doran Doran uh, by Jen Asuka. Um, and so, but before we get into all that, we're going to be also talking about some manga sales as well. So because they just put, um, we just got released of the 2021 sales number, so we want to also cover that stuff because especially Rock, I know he loves talking about sales, so any yes. chance he gets about talk about that stuff, so I. Wanted to feed him a bone on this episode too. <laughs> so, so, but before we get into all that, I want to do some housekeeping for for this episode. So, as always, you can download the Manga Revolution podcast on any a podcast service, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, basically anywhere you could download your favorite podcast. Um, and always make sure to rate and review us five stars. We would love to see your feedback on that stuff, and it helps us with the, getting up there on the rankings. And then for any of our other comic book and manga coverage, um, you could find that on comicbookrevolution.com where we post a bunch of stuff like reviews on the latest comic book releases and some manga releases as well. And then Rock has been doing an excellent job with covering like the sales numbers for both the manga and comic books. So you could check that stuff out there on comicbookrevolution.com. And then you could follow me, myself on Twitter and Instagram at the Kevin Lainez. And you can follow the uh, Concord Revolution uh, Comic Revolution website at CB Revolution on on Twitter and the Manga Revolution podcast on Twitter at the Manga Podcast. Rock, where can we find you? Uh, you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Rock2K's Revolution. Awesome. Well, before we get into like the three Shonen Jump uh, series that we're going to be covering this for this episode, I wanted to actually talk about some manga sales because Oricon, which is an organization in Japan that tracks manga sales, came out with their top 10 manga sold this, this past year. So we want to get dive into that just to see what is the most popular releases for for the month, and so I wanted to go down like tenth through one. Um, so that, that's how we're going to do this. And Brock, if you if there's any ones that stand out to you, just let me know. And yeah, so for with the number ten spot, it's Haiku, which sold four point three million, and then in the number nine spot was Kingdom four point six, and then I know one of our favorites. Uh, Spy X Family was at the number eight spot at four point nine million, just missing that five oh. five million, but hopefully so that. Close. So close. Hopefully with that December, we'll see see it reach that uh, 5 million spot, especially with the anime coming up. So I'm sure that builds a lot of excitement. So hopefully it crosses that 5 million mark. But other mangas that did cross that 5 million mark is uh, Chainsaw Man, which sold 5.2 million. One, one piece that sold 7 million in the number six spot. And then My Hero Academia that also sold with 7 million, but they sold seven mil about 7 million and uh, twenty and twenty thousand, so just a little bit hair above one piece. There. Just the scotch over one piece. Just beating <laughs> just one piece at number five spot. Then at number four, you have Attack on Titan with seven point three million, and then uh, then this is where we get to the huge numbers. Where oh my god, from Kevin. seven point seven point three with Attack on Titan, but then we get to the number three spot for 
Uh, Tokyo Revengers, which sold 24.9 million copies of, uh, of their volumes. And then, then after that, we get to Demon Slayer, which sold 29.5, which Demon Slayer for a while has been the number one spot, um, spot for in terms of manga sales sold. So it's actually very notable that it landed on number two because the number one selling uh, manga series was Jujutsu Kaisen, which sold 30.9 million copies of its volumes this past year alone. Um, Rock, what, what do you think of those sales numbers for? Yeah, these numbers are bonkers. Do you think that DC and Marvel would love to just have the number 10 spot of 4.3 million uh, yeah. issues of every title they sell? Not just one, but of all of them, they would love that. I mean, it's it. this just shows you that the domestic strength of manga titles, it just obliterates the domestic strength of our comics over here. It's not even close. It's bonkers. It's mm -hmm. insane, the numbers that they are selling. What it's interesting, when you look at the top 10, though, what I do like to see, I, like you referenced, I'm really excited to see Spike's family cracking into the top 10 because I think that's a really good manga that deserves all the success in the world. So I was glad to see that. It's amazing to see Chainsaw Man still in the top 10 despite it having finished and it kind of being... I think it was a, uh, a manga title that kind of flew under the radar when it first came out and kind of built up momentum later in its run as people started to finally pick up, hey, this is something really good. So I'm glad to see that selling well. You know, you're always going to see the standard is, you know, One Piece, My Hair Academia, Attack on Titan. Like, that doesn't surprise you. I, I am very impressed by the fact that Demon Slayer is in the number two spot, Kevin, despite mm -hmm. it ending over a year ago yeah. that is really impressive for yeah. demon slayer yeah and, and it's not too surprising to you when you think about it because the anime is still pretty young right now it's like yeah it started is. their second season yep um and which is rare for like most ma mangas like to have a anime that almost comes at the very end of the series instead because yep. we're kind of seeing that with uh with chainsaw man that we're not getting an anime until the first part of chainsaw man ended right which is yeah. not typical usually we get a Manga series, like an anime of a uh, of a manga, like maybe like fifty chapters in or something like that. Yep. So it's it's like both. I think uh, Chainsaw Man and Demon Slayer are unique in that that they had an anime come out either at the very end of their tail of their original run or mm. or at the, after it finished, which is what what Chainsaw Man is like. Basically, that the entire first part, we are getting a part two of Chainsaw Man. Yep. But that's a more like a sequel series, like where, right. with the initial. Um, it's it's still it never got an anime until it, it ended and then you have spy x family which is a, like a new series and even it not having a new anime until next year it's still selling 4.9 which that's awesome. out things like kingdom and haiku which did, did have animes and did have other stuff going on with around those properties right for spy x family to sell 4.9 million without an anime that, that's, that's super impressive because usually animes help bump sales and yes and that's what and that just shows that spy x family has grabbed so many so many people in, in, in the market. Absolutely. I, did you, have you read Tokyo Revengers? I have not. Um, I know that there's an anime uh, on it as well. So I think yeah. seeing this number, I was like, I, I'm missing something obviously. So I, I need to, so I'm not sure if I want to go the anime or manga route, but I know the manga route will probably be like a faster route, but I, I think I might just try to anime first, right. and go backwards where the unusual route for myself, but Right. Just so I could have that in the background and things like that, because that might be easier for myself. But yeah. I definitely want to check out Tokyo Revengers because seeing this number of like 24.9 million copies 
of something I haven't been watching. It's like, it looks like I'm missing something big. So I need to check that out. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. That, that really gets my attention. I've not read it either, but I mean, that's such a ridiculous number that I'm like, Nope, I need to, I need yeah. to get on reading that. And it's, it's not too, I think they're up to what their 23rd volume. So it's, you know, the, Kevin, there's that, there's that at every, we all have our own, all of us manga fans have our own internal number of volumes uh, that, that uh, is our line in the sand where we just, it's too many for me to dive into this manga title. You know what I mean? Like there's some where you see like, Oh, there's, there's 50 volumes. I got it. I'm tapping out, you know, one piece there's 1000 chapters. I can't, I can't, I can't commit to that, <laughs> but other ones, you know, 23 volumes. It's getting close to my line in the sand, Kevin, but I think I might be able to pull it off. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think the other one that's notable too is just attack on Titan, just because, even though it just finished this year and this anime is still obviously yes. going on, Attack on Titan doesn't have that many volumes in it. Even like it, this past, even okay. in this past year, like in 2021, it only released two new volumes, which was the, the basically the end. And even in 2020, I think there was two two volumes as well. So like yep. in the last two years alone, they've so they've only released four volumes of the series. When, when you compare that to like My Hero Academia and One Piece, and One Piece oh. and other other mangas that release like multiple volumes a, a year. For Attack on Titan to still have these strong sales numbers even after it ended, or yep. like, like was close to ending, it had I think a lot of delays when it came to the ending and stuff like that. If I'm yep. not, if I'm remembering correctly, mm-hmm. um, so even yeah. with that, it's still sold 7.3 and it's still pretty strong. And obviously, like I think a lot of that is just because we're still with uh, the anime still concluding, yes. right? The final story arc, right? and I think they just entered this final story arc with this they later did. season, right? Yep. So, so just for Attack on Titan to still be that strong with 7.3 million copies beating out like my hero academia and one piece which we like we both love and like oh um, yeah and we considered our 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 the most popular but just seeing this list there are actually five and six and we're attack on titan tokyo revengers demon slayer and jujutsu kaisen amazing out i kevin i'll admit i like jujutsu kaisen don't get me wrong so what Mm -hmm. i'm about to say don't like i'm not i'm not dogging it but i have to admit i'm a little surprised number one i like the title but I would not put it in my personal top five. So it's interesting to see it number one with such yeah. a big number. Yeah. And I think that just kind of speaks to, I think the strength of the first initial story arcs, especially yep. grabbing so many people and yes. Jujutsu Kaisen to me, it just reminds me a lot of bleach um, when it, yes. it was at the height of its popular. Mm-hmm. Cause um, I'll have to look at bleach sales numbers and how they did. Cause I don't have that in front of me right now, but uh, it just gives me that vibe of like it has the cool factor with like not just the characters designs are cool but yep the like with Jujutsu Kaisen the art style like we always see like him being like super high fashion in in that series which like mm-hmm. gives like gives off this cool factor that you don't find in a lot of mangas because they don't they usually stay in one, one style or they yep. and things like that or don't do like crazy fashion with with their covers and things like that so yes. Um, so I think that that helps like with Jujutsu Kaisen because it ha- does feel like it has that cool factor that's continuing Absolutely. to build throughout the the series life because I know that I haven't been a big fan of like the most recent story arc since he came from his first uh, break because it seems like the Agreed. since the first break that he took it seemed like there's a little bit off he's still trying yes. to get the momentum back um, yes. in the most recent and Absolutely. I know I think Jujutsu Kaisen is taking another break uh, for as well but mm-hmm. it's, it seems like he even recognizes that he needs to figure out uh, like get the momentum going back on track and but still it's impressive just seeing it beat out demon slayer is notable in itself and it for it's almost a 31 million copies 
mm. in a, like a single calendar year. That's crazy. Just amazing. Like anybody wants, wants those. Absolutely. So, and it just also speaks to like the discoverability of, of these manga. Cause like, yep. um, cause you have, have them such wide availability. It's not just in, in comic book shops. It's, it's mm. everywhere in Japan. And then here in United States, I know it's just, happened. yeah. Yep. Yeah, and here in the United States, where I was just at Barnes and Noble, and the manga section completely dwarfs the comic book section. Like, it's a, it's it, I feel so like it even bad. got like I just went there yesterday to do this some Christmas shopping, and it just dwarfed the comic book section. The comic book section was like basically one little section yes. of of, uh, of Barnes and Noble. Now it's like almost just one shelf. We have like this mega Barnes and Nobles downtown. It's just monster sized, right? And it it's crazy because we i go there frequently and it's it is you're right it's the manga section has now become just aisles in aisles in aisles kevin it's huge i remember when it was just like one tiny section you know 10 yeah. years ago it is oh, yeah. aisles and aisles and then you get to like the comic book section and it's like boop it's like two shelves you're done it's yeah. tiny it's it's unbelievable the difference yeah, i think even like the dnd books be, <laughs> is a bigger section now too I think they do but uh but again i love comic books but still and then I think the other notable thing with Jujutsu Kaisen, just to show how strong it is, that I was looking at the sales numbers for individual volumes, and they like at least sixteen volumes that Jujutsu Kaisen has published so far have sold yeah. like one point five million copies or more in, in the year. So it's like just show, seeing that is just incredibly impressive because they were oh. like in the in the top thirty. I think they had seventeen of their volumes dominating the top uh, top thirty sales and. Which is impressive because all like in the top thirty, all of them sold at least a million copies. Yep. So it's like insane that uh, that Jujutsu Kaisen has that like such appeal, and it just shows again. Like I said, I think there is a cool factor with that series that even maybe it's dipped in quality like in our eyes, but it's still yeah that momentum because I think it's still getting discovered because the anime would just debuted, mm-hmm. um, and it was just on Tsunami as well and stuff like that, and I think it's getting so much more popularity outside of Japan too that yep. it's helping sales so much, and then. With Demon Slayer, still like twenty nine point five million is impressive, and it was like the its final volume, which is volume twenty three, that just came came out la- last August, mm-hmm. sold five point one million copies this this past year alone, and that's actually two times more than the number two spot for like single volumes sold. Yeah, and that that's just insane that the final volume of the series has sold so much more and it dwarfs like air you could combine like the basically the top the other four in the top five and basically yeah. is the number that demon slayer's uh not no, 23rd volume sold so it's like demon slayer is incredibly popular still yep it's phenomenal it's so, just phenomenal so yeah is there anything else that stood out to you in, in, in looking at these numbers for for the manga industry no other than just man the make everything looks good for manga going into 2021 kevin uh, or 2022 i'm sorry 2022 yeah, yeah. It, 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 all these they, years are a blur <laughs> they, dude I, it's pandemic life for me they're all rolled together um but yeah it, it, next year is going to be just as hot for them i i, I don't see yeah. the industry slowing down yeah, and um and i think we've we've talked about it a little bit we're going to be covering the uh jump festa which is going to be happening on yep. uh, december 18th and 19th so i know that there they've already announced that spy x family chainsaw man um, Jujutsu Kaisen and Bleach and things like that are going to have a presence there. Yep. So de- definitely these sales numbers, like some of these you're going to see, like, especially I think Spy X Family and Chainsaw Man both were getting a, a new anime coming out next year, it looks like, and mm-hmm. at least getting a trailer to hype people up at the end of the year. I think you'll see probably those two are going to be climbing these sales charts quick, quicker than any others in next year, I'm guessing. At least that's my guess. 
Yep. I'm, I'm with you on that. So, but okay. Awesome. Well, um, just the next thing we want to get into is just all the three, the three new um, mangas that came out um, on Shonen Jump this past month that just premiered. Like I said before, we're just going to be covering the first chapters of these, just giving our initial impressions. It, and we just wanted to cover just the first chapters just to see if for us um, is, is that first chapter enough to draw us into like reading more of it instead of just continuing to read three chapters and like forcing each other to like re- read <laughs> multiple chapters. We only want to see about like which one actually grabs our attention to give that initial impression. If we, we drop out after the first chapter, we'll right. drop out. If not, we're going to continue and we'll just uh, talk about it. So the first manga we're going to be talking about is Aya Shimon, which is uh, by uh, Yuji Kaku. Um, and he is actually comes from being an assistant to Chainsaw Man creator Tatsuki Fujimoto. And he was also an editor for Suisha before before becoming his own mangaka. Um, and like his first published work was a uh, titled one shot um, named The Remembrance Tax in 2010. Um, from there, he also had a manga series called Phantasma, Phantasma uh, that ran for about 11 chapters in Jump SQ from 2013 to 2014. And then uh, he's best known probably for Hell's Paradise that is actually going to be getting a um, anime as well and it's going to be probably in jump festa as well from what i hear, heard you're going to see a trailer there so even though that that work has been completed on hell's paradise um he he is finally getting an anime series so it's just showing that he did have some popular work and recognized so i think mm-hmm. the hell, hell paradise was actually supposed to debut like i think this year but it got pushed back obviously because of the pandemic and things like that so um but again that's just some background on him so he's had a pretty extensive career that that's been notable um so let's get into like Ayashimon, which is basically we're in a world where there's monsters and creatures in, in here, uh, in this world, but um, but it's still kind of a secret world. It's almost like a Yakuza world with, with these monsters, and that's how they interact with each other. And But we start off with our main character. His name is Maru, who his big dream is becoming a manga protagonist, just like Goku and Luffy. And so he decides to take the things that he's read in manga and how Goku, Luffy, and other manga protagonists train and just trains that way. And the big thing is that he's just a normal human, but even though he's a normal human, he goes through all, all the same training that he reads in manga, um, which makes him basically become like a superhuman where he tries to go to a gym and uh, says, hey, I want to train here. But the gym says, you train way too hard. You're going to break all our equipment. You, you got to get out of here. He's like, no, but I want to stay. And they tell him no, because again, you're going to break every equipment. You're going to kill somebody. And so just leave. Um, so that makes him really down because all he wants to do is fight just like his favorite manga protagonists like Goku and Luffy, um, which leads him to go into an alley and meet this girl named Urara. Um, Wait, Kevin, sta- I, I, can I interject one thing? Yeah. You skipped over the most important oh. part of the beginning of this manga, because while he's in the gym, he's trying to join these various gyms. <laughs> he tells one of the trainers. I can do the Kaniku Buster. There you go, Kevin. <laughs> I didn't have to somehow think of a creative way to shoehorn Kanikamon into this podcast. No, didn't have to do it because it was done for me. <laughs> Yuji Kaku did it for me by putting it right there. There you go. Yes. You so know that put a just, smile on my face. Something just for you. So you already <laughs> kind of tell like what uh, Rock's opinions will be on on this manga series. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so uh, just to continue on the summary with um, he ends up meeting this girl named Urara um, and who actually mistakes him for like a, a monster creature. But he's like, no, I'm just a normal guy. I don't, I don't have anything special, which disappoints her. 
Um, but before they could get into like what the Ayashimon world is and why she wanted to come to Maru, um, there's these other guys that come, come in, like a gang that comes in to, uh, to want to fight them. And they actually punch uh, Maru away. And this actually excites Maru instead of making him terrified of these creatures and things like that. Um, he actually gets excited because now he could actually fight in his full power and just like his favorite manga protagonist. Um, so he just starts fighting and just beats the crap out of these uh, gang members. And uh, seeing this, Urara decides, hey, you know what? Even though you're a normal human being, you are special. So we're going to create a blood pack, basically. And um, they do this loyalty ceremony. And then after the loyalty ceremony, and tell, uh, Urara tells um, Maru about the Ayashimon world and tells her about the ritual duels and that's all he needed to hear he just needed to hear the word duels and he's all in and that's kind of where we end this first chapter um, so Rock what did you think of this first chapter of, of the series Kanikuban's all over this chapter so obviously I loved it right Kevin not only did we get the Kanikubasa <laughs> yeah, yeah. reference but later at the end when he uh, when when we have uh, Maru deciding to join up with Urara he says, I want to be like my manga protagonist, Goku, Jotaro, and Kanikuman. And they even have a picture of Kanikuman, arms raised triumphantly. Come on! This is fantastic. Anyhow, at, at, again, my regular plug for uh, Shonen, uh, for uh, Shonen Jump to please bring, uh, please bring Kanikuman uh, to America. Anyhow, so I really, uh, obviously, Kevin, look, th this... Ayashimon is tailor-made to my taste. Uh, we've got a protagonist who reminds me a lot of, of MASH from uh, Muscles and Magic or Saitama from One Punch Man. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, here we've got our, our protagonist, Maru. He gets these, he has these obvious superhuman powers of, of strength and physical ability, right? And he gets them through it just basic training it like just regular working out and it kind of reminds me of saitama who's well, got his powers from what 100 push-ups 100 sit-ups 100 squats 10 kilometer run uh every day right and eating healthy food and suddenly boom he's got these superpowers right so it kind of reminds me a little bit of that same thing with mash with uh magic and muscles he basically is just just got to work out right it's so it, it reminds me of that his style of character is very much in that vein of very physically strong character um, through some kind of what seems to be normal, a normal means of getting these extraordinary super <laughs> strict abilities. And I, I like that style of character. It also, yes, I'm going to say it reminds me a lot of Kanikuman because he, again, his ability was super strength. And he would fight a bunch of devil chojins who had all sorts of elaborate, unusual powers, kind of like how Maru has super strength. And he fights what? A bunch of demons, or in this case, Ayashimon, but a bunch of demons with all sorts of unique, interesting powers, right? Also, like Kanikamon was based around wrestling. This one also, you have duels. They set up a ring, right? They set up like kind of like a wrestling ring for the fights to happen. So you see where... You can see where Yuji Kaku has been influenced by prior fighting manga. You can see, you can absolutely see the lineage there, which I, I like, obviously, because I like those prior manga. So I like that part of this title. I also, I also like that Maru is a, he's, he's a simple character, much like Saitama and Mash and Kanikuman and Goku 
very much in that vein. A simple character, but a character that is easy to like, a character that is easy to root for, and just a fun character. So I think he's a good protagonist, classic protagonist for sure, but but a good one nonetheless. And I like how I like how he's willing, you know, he he finds his place in the world fighting for Urara, who clearly, Kevin, clearly we're not supposed to trust at all. Okay. We're not really, we're not too sure if we're supposed to like her at all. She doesn't really view Maru, Maru very, you know, kindly. He's he's just a pawn in her her grand plans to climb up to the 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 ranks of the you know Ayashimon Yakuza underworld. So it's it's an interesting pairing uh, where we're we're unsure of of Urara. So I I like the dynamic between those two characters. I like the setting, and I think that Yuji Kaku does an awesome job, Kevin, of really quickly and clearly and concisely establishing our world, the setting, the rules for this world, and all the different factions and how it operates, and then our hero's motivation and our hero's mission. Boom, all in the first chapter. It's really concisely done. Yeah, and I think that's always the most important thing of like any first chapter is like setting up the rules of any world because yep. that's what you kind of want out of the yep. that first chapter is, okay, give me the rules. Is it set in the real world? Is it set in its own magical world or mm-hmm. or whatever? Like, But there always has to be some sort of rules and guidelines that the characters must follow or at least the entire like limitations of what characters may may face or whatever. Right. Um, And w- which in this case for Maru, he's just a normal human being, but obviously yep. he's was so inspired by reading all these manga, which kind of break, breaking a little bit of the fourth wall, but like we know that so all these Shonen Jump mangas are part of this world. So kind of give you more incentive of why he pulls off like the Kiniku Buster or like the Kamehameha and stuff like that. Right. Like, even though he can't do the Kamehameha or whatever because he doesn't have energy powers, which I think is another interesting thing that all his yeah. all his um, attacks are just physical attacks. So there's yes. like like with, with that fight that he has where it got all those uh, gang members, like it quickly mm-hmm. establishes that no, we're not going to be dealing with like key and stuff like that. It's just going to be physical strength. Correct. Um, like we'll probably, we'll probably get into like that with like maybe when other uh, Yachiman are introduced mm-hmm. and maybe they'll have energy attacks, but at least with Maru, like just through just the artwork alone, through the fight, fight choreography, it's quickly mm-hmm. established that he doesn't have those special powers. All right. he is, is just superhuman strength that he yep. got from training that like just reading manga and seeing what those tra- trains are. And <laughs> he just copied that basically. So it's, it's the power of the heart. Yeah. Kevin, it's the power of the heart. <laughs> yeah, and I think that that's important just because, again, you're setting these kind of limitations for him and that you even see him like when he initially gets punched away by those uh, yeah. the Yashimon, like he's bleeding, but like he's excited that he's bleeding because like yep. it's the first time that he is facing actual challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, but at the same time, that just gives you a hint that he could get injured. Like he, he is a normal human body, so there's nothing supernatural for him, at least not yet you know, from what we've discovered. Um, because it does seem like there there is a reason why he's this super strong outside of his training, but that I do love that double page splash shot where he he has the the first fight with a the uh, Ayashimon, and we finally he's finally getting excited because like oh my gosh I have a real fight he actually gets injured like someone can actually hit him and you know it actually me, me. and he's like lifts a car up over his head and he's like I'm a plain old normal human kid <laughs> but he's lifting a car over his head Kevin it's just it's awesome. Yeah. And again, it just, again, going into like, he could possibly be injured, but obviously since these are the first people that he fights, he's not going to lose this fight. Um, right. 
but at the same time, it just kind of establishing his character without like being overly obvious. You're just like the only thing that's obvious is his super excitement. Yeah. In terms of his own limitations, you kind of get that hint with through just the way he's like super bloodied and all that stuff, yeah. and just his fighting capabilities as well. Um, and then just throwing in the anime references like right away in the first chapter, oh, I think great. sets it up so that whenever he does more anime moves in the or manga moves in the um, in the future, they're not going yeah. to come off as as lame. They're just going to be come off as part of the right. character. He's that's right because that's all he's he's been established in this first chapter is that he's incredibly inspired by all the Shonen Jump mangas that he's read. Yes. So he's obviously going to pull off moves that you see in One Piece, Kinukuman or, or Dragon Ball or, Nar- or maybe even Naruto or whatever. He's just going to, that's all his, that's all his moveset is, is those. You, just kind of like a wrestler, just kind of like a wrestler doing, yes. like Kenny Omega does a lot of video game stuff in his, right. his moveset, right? You even get a, uh, you even get an initial D reference as we see the famed Toyota 11 from initial D. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's, that's not even a fighting manga, but I love it. That's awesome. It shows the love mm-hmm. that it's the love that Yuji Kaku has for the great shonen manga of the past. And you can see how he's using that love to infuse uh, the passion into this current Ayashimon manga. And I think it gives it a lot of the passion. You can tell that you can tell my biggest complaint. With a lot of American comics is these writers don't, care about comics don't care about the characters they're here for a paycheck whatever i love when you read an artist or an author who you can tell loves the genre yuji kako loves the genre of shonen manga and it comes Mm -hmm. through and it's honest it's genuine and it's loving and i think that's what makes this chapter so enjoyable to read and what makes if you're into shonen manga this chapter is going to get you excited put a smile on your face you know what i mean yeah and i think this is also the strength of what Shonen Jumps does with in terms of their pilot programs with, with yes. these mangas that at least get the green lit to be a series mm-hmm. is that um, that they're giving 52 pages to develop the entire world. So like yes. throughout this 52 pages, instead of like limiting it to the normal, what is it about? Like 20 to like 18 to, 18 to 22 pages yeah. that a, a typical chapter is. They're like first chapter, you get 52 pages, do what you need to do to get, yes. get this over because we want this to sell. And mm-hmm. 52 pages is a lot to just establish through a lot of the groundwork for yes. four, because that's basically two two or three chapters in one. That's so right. just getting that amount of page space just allows you to do all that world building. That's so important whenever you're yes. introducing a new character, whether the character is someone from, from the past or like a completely new character, you need to establish the world around them. And I think that's what the strength of all three that we're going to be talking about is that like they establish the world around them like through the 52 pages because they have that time to develop it instead of having to condense all this exposition and condense all these character designs into one one 20 like 22 or 18 page chapter so i think that's also a strength that i think shonen jump has done always a good job of like giving room for their creators to actually tell a story instead of just hey you got this this limitation of 23 pages that we always set for you for every chapter, that's that's what you have to go into, and that, that that's a lot for any creator. Whenever you're trying to build something new, especially, yeah. I what I love is you know I I you know since the beginning of the comic book revolution, Kevin, back when Bendis was writing uh, New Avengers, <laughs> what what did we complain about the most is rampant decompression, and that's why I love so many of these manga titles is that these wonderful talented mangaka they don't use decompression. They, they, it's amazing. They can put so much world building in such a 
quick fashion, but at the same time, make it detailed, concise, easy to consume. It's really impressive world building in a compressed fashion. It's the, it's the exact opposite. Yeah. It is, but, but it never feels too compressed where you feel like you're getting too much thrown at you at one time. Yeah. It's and really I think the, it's, it's really the nice, it's, it's, it's almost the perfect balance. And I think this first chapter uh, Shimon, is, is like a perfect example of that too, of like yes. when you are both the writer and artist of, mm-hmm. of the series. And I think we see this with comic, book, uh, in comic books whenever like an art, uh, the writer is also the artist, like Joel right. Jones, like Joel yep. Jones with like the recent Wonder Girl and Catwoman series. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you, those are, that means that the writer trusts the artist because they're the artist. Right. So they, they, they know that, hey, I could tell a lot of the story just through my artwork alone. I don't need dialogue here. Let my art, my impactful artwork, where I'm showing Mar- Maru in this case, like right. beating all these de- demons up, mm-hmm. and like that's all I need to show. I don't need to show him like doing this exposition, or I don't need Urara providing commentary for what's oh. going on or internal monologue. Mm-hmm. I'm letting my art art tell the story, and that's I think one of the benefits when you are the writer and artist for for it. Obviously, that takes yeah. a lot more time to do stuff. It does. And, like it is a lot. It's very time consuming, and because yep. it's all on you to do everything. Um, along with your, you do have assistance, obviously, but again, it's sure. still on. It's still on you at the end of the day because you are the mm-hmm. leading art writer and artist on this. And I think that is a benefit of him doing this because you see that throughout this because he does have a lot of exposition in this. Yeah, he does chapter, but at the same time, it's not too much. To, he knows when to pull back and just let yes. the art tell the story. Where like even the fa- flashbacks of Amaru training and stuff like that, mm-hmm. there's no dialogue of him like saying this is what I'm doing and all that stuff. It's just he's just showing it through visual, visual of like him beating up a wall, beating up a, like a, a tree trunk and things yep. like that. It's just all visual storytelling that, again, you have trust in yourself to, to do mm-hmm. that. So you don't need all story, that exposition. This chapter is really well balanced, Kevin, between the more dialogue heavy scenes and then the very art first action scenes. Mm-hmm. It's actually really well balanced in terms yeah. of both, which and that's what makes this so enjoyable to read. You know, it's... Yeah. I, I'm very impressed by Yuji's Kaku's ability to deliver good dialogue, good character work, but at the same time, artwork that can carry the story and really exciting action and neat character designs. It's it's just very balanced. Yeah, and and again, it just feeds into just being being a more just allowing to build out the world, and then also mm-hmm. like the second character that we get introduced here. We're really like the only second main character that obviously we get here because we don't have any other supporting characters so far introduced here. It's just Amaru, the main character, and then Urara as yep. a, like this, the, the only supporting character that we get fleshed out here. And I, I, like you said before, I like that there's ambiguity with, with yes. what her motivations are. You yeah. don't know if, if hers are pure benevolent or if she's just looking for somebody that to be her bodyguard or just work for her because she's been looking for it a long time. There's a lot yes. of, like, we don't know about the character, but at the same time, you feel like you'd learn just enough to get interested mm-hmm. in what the character motivation is mm-hmm. and that she's the one that's going to be the conduit to introduce Maru and the reader to the Ayashimon world because that's, like, yep. really where we get our introduction to Ayashimon and what, what it is, the like, her teasing the ritual duels. So you mm-hmm. can see, already see how she's going to be set up as a very important character. She's going to be the one that's informing us of the world, informing Maru of the world. And so, and it'll be interesting to see how they played with that and play with that when it comes to like developing her character and her relation with Maru and any other characters that are introduced as we go on in this series. I'm kind of interested to see, cause I like that we're, that I like that Kaku is very, keeps Urara very, you know, ambiguous for the reader 
and we can't figure out because we can go two different directions and either direction is going to be interesting. Either one direction is eventually Maro and Urara have to, they come to blows, right? He realizes she's bad. He's a classic good guy. They're going to fight. Okay. Or you see her begin to morph and they start to form a real true friendship and bond. Either path is going to be interesting. I'm, I'm up for either, but I like that you don't know which path we're going to, you know, we're going to go down one of the two paths. You don't know which one. Yeah. And again, I think that that's kind of why, like with Aishimon being the first manga that debuted, I think they debuted with a very strong manga for this initial crop. And I think this is really one that from the first chapter really grabbed me and wanted me to read more of what's uh, going to happen next. Absolutely. In fact, Kevin, I will, I will admit I've, I've read chapters one, two and three and chapters just dropped today nice. i haven't been able to read it yet but i will after this podcast so i guess <laughs> tip my hand about how much i like this new series huh there, there you go there you go yeah no that that's good to know yeah because i only read the first chapter but it definitely made me want to read more and just like definitely i'm going to binge the other three uh chapters after this so yep so it's good and then obviously we're not going to do ratings here we're just going to give our recommendations so yes obviously both rock and i enjoy enjoy this so it's yes. definitely one that if you are very much into the action genre um, manga and just like some self-referential, like humor stuff, I think this one has like that nice balance of the humor plus yes. the action that you see in most Shonen Jump uh, manga. Yeah, this is a recommend. Buy it, get it, read it. I definitely give this a thumbs up. Hop aboard this one. I'm, a, it's, 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 I'm sold on it. I'm on board for the long haul. And I would say, hey, if you like, if you like traditional fighting manga, you got to get on this one. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we're going to move on to our next manga, which is going to be uh, Protect Me, Shigomori, which is the second manga that debuted in November. Uh, so we're just got covered the first chapter, which is this series is written by Daiki Hara. I couldn't really find too much information on him. He has done a couple of one shots in the past. And then like his most notable work is actually a spinoff to the One One Piece series that's titled One Piece in Love that's actually went on for about 140 chapters that's exclusive to the Shonen Jump Plus app in Japan and has been collected in eight volumes. Um, so, but while, while it's been uh, had 140 chapters, it actually is on hiatus at the moment because uh, Ihara wanted to work on this new series for himself that, that's his own, that's uh, Protect Me Shigamaru. Uh, so that's kind of really his background. I couldn't find anything about him being an assistant to anybody uh, or anything like that. But again, he does have a seemingly a very popular series in that uh, One Piece in Love. Uh, so I haven't checked that out um, yet. Have, Rock, have you have you seen read any? I of haven't. That? I have I haven't checked it out either. I've I've thought about it. I just okay. It's it's down 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 low on that to do list. <laughs> <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> it but, continues hey, to grow. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. So, but yeah, it went on for 140. Like I said, 140 chapters, eight volumes. So it does seem like it has. Uh, very good popularity before it went on hiatus for Ihara to work on this new series called Protect Me Shigamaru. Um, and just what this first chapter introduces us to uh, is the series main character. Her name is Sanagi Ojo, who comes from like a very rich and wealthy family. We don't really know too much of like what her family does. It, we just All we know is that she has super protective parents and her um, butler assigns her a bodyguard. Uh, because she does have assassins targeting her because of her family status. So she, uh, so he assigns her a little um, a bodyguard. His name is Shigumaru, who is extremely protective that to the point where if there's a house fly that appears, he'll throw a grenade 
at the house fight just to kill it and blows up part of the house. And that, that is really how protective. And that's really how we start off the first couple of pages and blowing up the house with a grenade just to kill a simple house fly. Um, and Shikamaru follows Sanagi to high school, her first day of high school, does everything to keep every single person away, even putting like a special belt with hands that push people away from her and just basically doing anything possible so that she, uh, no one gets close to her because he thinks that everyone's out to get her or, and kill her. So, um, and he gets to the point you know, where Kevin, it, it, he, Shugamaru really is the embodiment of the saying that of uh, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, and he is definitely paranoid for of every little, little thing. Like I said, a housefly, a housefly paranoid is him. So, um, but again, we'll learn a little bit why he's as overly protective in a little bit. But yeah, it's very, uh, a lot of the comedy comes from how overprotective he is. Yes, and absolutely. He is like the worst overprotective you could ever get. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but yeah, so, um, but we go from there, like, Again, he's keeping all the students and like basically it makes it Sanagi's life hell to just try and even talk to somebody, much less become friends with anybody. So um, she ends up uh, passing out and going, um, being taken to to the nurse's office by another student named Ryoji Hatari, who is a very uh, handsome looking student that she kind of falls for a little bit. But just as she's falling for him, Ryuji actually turns out to be an, an us, the assassin that's targeting her. So. See, Kevin? Can't, can't, can't fall for that first pretty face that, that gives you a, a, a nice eye, so, you know. But, um, and, and just as Ryuji lunges to ki- try and kill Sanagi, Shigemaru p- pops in and just destroys him and, like, causes him to run away. Um, and Sanagi kind of asks, hey, Shigemaru, why are you so overprotective? You get a flashback that in the past, uh, Sanagi actually protected Shigemaru from, like, a pack of wolves. Um, and while he doesn't say this to her like in the presence like he at least has this memory of her and like kind of you get this idea that because of how she protected him in the past he wanted to grow up to protect her as well so um but again she he doesn't reveal that that is just something inside his mind um and we go from there where just as things look like they're calming down ryuji uh returns and he's actually holding somebody else hostage to try and get sanagi and uh, shigamaru but shigamaru just again once again proves that he is way his superior and just easily defeats Ryuji. Um, and this is kind of right after the, defeating Ryuji the second and final time. Sanagi again, once again, asks, hey, why are you so overprotective of me? And Shigemaru just kind of reveals their past together of how Sanagi protected him. And like he even said that Sanagi told him to protect the bed of flowers. And that's kind of what he was doing against Ryuji. And she's like, I told you back then to protect the flowers, but you're supposed to protect me, not the, the flowers that are nearby so that's kind of where we just end the um the chapter with the pro- like just basically revealing the promise so that they both now are familiar with the promise and so rock what, what did you think of uh protect Nishigamura? i thought this was a this was a funny chapter i appreciated the humor it's not it's not, uh, you know, look, it's not going to blow you away with the most innovative story ever. It's not going to blow you away with the most amazing artwork ever. But what it does have, it has nice comedy. And it's more of the physical slapstick style comedy that powers the story, that provides all the humor. So if you like slapstick style comedy, this has it. I mean, the, the, 
the humor all derives from the fact that Sugamaru is so over the top with all the he's so paranoid so over the top and dealing with anything that could possibly be a threat to poor uh sanagi and the fact that sanagi i mean it, it, all the things he does to try to save her he puts like that device on her to keep people away well that device ends up like crushing her he you know when he's finding the bad guy he goes to electrocute the bad guy and electrocutes sanagi at the same time so she keeps getting like wiped out by his efforts to like he's going to kill her kevin before any of these assassins kill her all right and and that's the comedy that's the humor so if you like that type of physical slapstick comedy you will like this the characters are cute i think they have a lot of heart i think sugar maru's design his character design is adorable and a great character design a lot of personality in it. It's got the big anime eyes. I like his little gadgets that he has. It's it's a good character design. It is a cute manga series. It does have heart. It is very humorous. And it's not trying to, you know, change the world. But it has it has the two things you want in a comedy shonen manga, and that's heart and that's comedy. It's got both. I like the characters in Sanagi and Shugamaru, because they're both really well written. They're funny. They have great chemistry, like the Laurel and Hardy kind of chemistry or the Three Stooges kind of chemistry. It's very well done. If you like this kind of thing, you will really, really enjoy this title. For me personally, I the artwork is maybe a bit too kitty for me personally that's all and the story might be a bit a a tad bit juvenile for Mm -hmm. me it is obviously this series is going to be targeting a young reader look kevin when i was a kid i'd have eaten this up with a spoon i'd have loved it i mean just awesome and there's nothing wrong with the title targeting a younger audience that's perfectly fine that's actually a good thing and i think this would be very very popular if you have a kid this would be super popular title to give them i think they'd really enjoy it yeah and i think that that's where i, I kind of come down on this uh series where like after reading this first chapter i'm just like this is not a series for me no. i understand a slapstick comedy and kind of like what yep. you're saying about if i was younger and if i was like a 12 year old 13 year old kid oh this would, te- definitely, this would be oh. definitely, and what it remind, what this series reminds me of a lot of is uh, Zatch Bell from when I was yes! a kid. Oh my god! Like, even, yeah. even the art style too, like the main character looks like Zatch, yep. and like yes. the, the female character kind of is drawn like the female characters of that of that yep. manga and um, anime. Mm-hmm. And that's what it reminds me of is just like maybe something that now as an adult I wouldn't be right. reading or watching, but like when I was a kid, this is exactly what I was looking for. I was just looking for oh, something. Yeah to just laugh at and have fun with like some fun, fun action. And that's what definitely this gives me is that fun action, fun comedy, but like now reading it, like even this is where maybe like the 52 pages is goes, it works against it where it's like by the end of it, by the end of it, I was just like, I think I got enough of this series where I don't need to read more. And And so that, that's definitely the feeling I got after reading this where maybe this needed, did need to be just 23 chapter pages instead of the typical the 52 that um the other two got just because again i felt worn out by the slapstick comedy by the end because that's that's its entire stick is how overprotective shigamaru is and so 
it's fun to see it like for a few pages, but when that's the entire comedy and that's the entire thing thing about this manga series, getting 52 pages is a little much for, for, for what, what it's trying to do in this first chapter. I I 100% agree with you, Kevin. I'm right there with you. It, it got a bit old by the end of it. If this had just been a standard 18 page chapter, Kevin, it would have been just enough of the slapstick. It would not have gotten old or worn out its welcome. I would have had fun. Look, the fact is, the world, and this is not a knock because this is the style of, of, of manga we're talking about, so this is not, not a criticism at all, but the world that Ihara is creating, Kevin, it's, it's again, we're targeting a younger audience. It is a pretty basic world, Kevin. There's not much depth to it. There's not much complexity to it. It is super straightforward. You have uh, Shugamaru from a... A uh, the the Teco family, right, which is the family of of bodyguards to the royal Oho family. Very basic, and Shumaru is overprotective. He's in charge of Sanagi, protecting her. Go. It's very very simple world that we've constructed. The rules are very simple. The mission is very simple. The characters are very simple. Everything about this world, unlike with Ayashimon, this is a very simple world. It does not need, and it looks like Kevin. Let's see here. It. They Shonen Jump gave him a total of 39 pages to yeah. tell the story. He just didn't need it. Yeah. He just didn't need it. And I think I'm with you. By the end of it, I was like, okay, I've had my fill. I appreciate what you're doing. And I appreciate the audience that you're targeting. And I think it will be very successful because I'm I, I'm right there with you, Kevin. 10 to 13-year-old rock would have just loved, loved, loved this title. And and you're spot on. Zatch Bell is the perfect comp. It really is. You're so spot on with that. I, it's just not enough for me <laughs> to come back for more. Yeah, and personally, like it did feel like it even was longer than than the 39 pages that you it, mentioned. That oh no, it, we, it, 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 I, it, I thought it was 50, Kevin. Yeah. I, I only went back and I, I was yeah. just looking back through it. But I was with you. I really thought this was 52 pages. I was shocked when it only said 39, yeah. Kevin, because with I'm like you. I thought this was at least 50, 52 pages. Yeah. That's what it felt. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it's just of like where there's it's not even that is there's a lot of exposition in here because there's oh. a lot of there's a lot of dialogue, but it's just uh it feels kind of like what you're saying about kind of almost like Brian Bendis a little bit of like, yes. he throws so like not throwing so much at you, but just throws a lot at you. But at the right. same time, it doesn't feel like a lot, but it just right. feels overwhelmingly. Like I got way too much, like in one go, you weren't tr- like, spre- like not just that spreading it out, but not giving time for things to breathe. Yep. Um, so that way, like maybe your artwork tells more of the story, like what I stream on where like the artwork was telling, carrying a lot of the story along with the artwork or, or along with rain. And so it just felt like this, this series just kept going on and on. And I almost like when, when we got to the second Ryuji fight, I was just like, Oh, we're back to him again. Yeah. And yeah. like, I've been reading this for a while. It just, yes. it, that, that's how I felt like, and it felt like there was no end to it. I totally agree. There is a mentioning Bendis. You're right. It's a ton of dialogue, Kevin, but that dialogue is not very deep and it's really repetitious dialogue. It's, yeah. It's the same thing. We just get the same dialogue over and over between the two characters. And, you know, 39 pages of the same dialogue over and a lot of it. And it's just so repetitious. That gets old. You're like, I got it. (laughs) Yeah. And like even that, that going back to the comedy stuff, like when you want to do good comedy, you don't overdo it. And it felt like you were overdoing the comedy where it's not like the comedy was driving the story. But at the same time, it's like when it felt like you're throwing 50 jokes at me, hoping one of them will land. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's kind of what it told. Like you know, like whenever you watch those comedy movies or shows, they'll yes. throw joke after joke after joke. If one of them lands, they'll feel like they're successful. Bingo, agree. And, so, and that's what this felt like. That they were he was just trying to throw as many jokes as possible in the page count that he had. That as long as I could make the reader laugh like a few times, then I'm successful. Whereas like, when the the failures of my like the failures I had, that, those are what matter. But like it does just feel like he just keeps going on and on and on until he makes a yes. joke land. Oh, uh, Kevin, you, you're hundred percent agree. So, but, but again, that, that's just, that's just me. And like, like I said, I think like you mentioned too, is that I think this is a perfect series, like an introductory series for like yes. manga. If you're looking for something lighthearted oh, yeah. at, and, and things like that, I think this is a perfect point. If um, you want something that in that shonen um, genre, but it's more co- comedic mm-hmm. in this world. Cause there is very much comedy and like even, Shikamori's over overprotective self, like it's accepted yeah. in this world almost. Yes. And like yes. at least there, there's that world building where I'll give him credit that he does make it so that like when you're reading this, like you accept it as well, how overprotective Shikamori is. And that Correct. in this world, it's not normal, but at least there, <laughs> it's like excuse where he's not going to be arrested or going to prison because he's blowing right. up houses or he's like causing all this damage to his school and stuff. Like it's- this world accepts it and you you're like, okay, this is just the normal, like a kind of almost normal thing accepted in this world. It's a cartoon world. This is a cartoon world where buildings can, can get blown up and blown up and there's no repercussions. Uh, you know, people can get electrocuted and they're fine the next panel. It, it's that it, kind it, of world. It's very, very much, ro- it's like, ro- it's Roger Rabbit. Absolutely. That, that's, what yes. that's, that's what it is. That like, yep. it, 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 we're in the Roger Rabbit world. Yep. Or like manga, so. 100%. Um, again, if you're, look, I think that if you are looking for that, um, I would, I would recommend it, but for, for myself, again, it's not what I'm looking for. It's not like I have other, com- like I have other comedy mangas that are like action-based kind of like Spike's family and things like that, that are more my jam that right. I would read. But like, if you're just looking for something super lighthearted, like that's very comedy with like over the top action. I, I think this is a perfect title to read, especially if you're like a young kid. I, I was going to say, look, if, if, if you have, if there's a young kid in your life, whether it's a niece, a nephew, a son, a, a daughter, and, and they're into, and you want to get them into manga, this is a great title to give them. I do think this would be very, very popular with a certain age group because it is well done for what it is. And I think that if you got any kid between the ages of, honestly, Kevin, between six and 14, go for it. That, that, that's always important for any industry to have is like you have these things that will introduce somebody to the world of manga world or comic books world or movies or tv shows and things like that so that right when you do introduce them to like other like teen like teen and young adult um series they'll they'll be into that as well because they got introduced to this and it's like kind of almost like baby's first manga i would say yep agreed so, i totally agree so, yep but, uh, but again, and, and that's not a bad thing at all. That's a great thing. Oh. And, just, and you need that, that. You need that diversity in any, in, yep. like I said, in any industry. So absolutely. All right. Awesome. Well, let's go on to our third and final manga series that was introduced to us in November, which was Doran Doran Doran, um, which is uh, by Gen Asuka. Um, I'm so glad and, you said that title for me, Kevin. Right? <laughs> that was like a tongue twister for me the entire time I was prepping for this podcast. <laughs> and I was trying not to roll my R's because that would have made it even harder. <laughs> I, I think I would have preferred that. <laughs> <laughs> there you um, go. Um, but it's uh, by Jenna Suka, who actually was previously an assistant to Black Clover's uh, creator, Tabata 
Yuki, which is makes it even more obvious the art style because like yes. it definitely reminds me a lot of Black Clover. I haven't yeah. read too much of that series, but like just the character designs in general. When mm-hmm. I saw when I saw found that he was the assistant for uh, Yuki, I was like, that's why it, this this manga series reminds me very much of that with the spiky hair. Oh yeah, of Black Clover. So yeah, um, that in like like just before we even get into it, it reminds me of Black Clover and uh, Seven Deadly Sins. That that's what yes. this series like. Even just looking at the cover itself and then just mm-hmm. the character designs within it, it's just that's kind of what the series reminds me of. Yep. Um, and before uh, just getting into a little bit more of Asuka's back backstory. Um, he has a lot of one shots that he's worked on um, in the past. With um, he had did have one series titled Golem Hearts, which was like a kind of a very much uh, fan favorite, but it only lasted about 13, 15 chapters. It collected in two volumes, but again, I think that's kind of when I was looking online to see how people's excitement of this. Right. I saw a lot of people mention Golem Hearts and how like that was a fan favorite for yeah. a lot of people. And like when um, when this series was announced, that like that's why people were excited because of. How, how 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 well received by fans uh, Golem Hearts was by the people that read that series. I haven't read it, but it seems like it was well received from the from those that read it on when I was yeah. looking online about it. Um, but Dorararon is uh, um, basically about a world where we were invaded by monsters named Mononokin, uh, who um, invaded this world that are killing people like basically three times a day, and which. Last year alone, the last year alone in Japan, they killed about 4,449 people. Um, and the series starts at, with one of the people that was, uh, one of the kids that was orphaned by a Mononoke attack. Uh, his name is Dora Sasaki. Um, and he is, a, the, he is considered a delinquent in, in high school, but he does eventually graduate. And after graduation, he wants to become a, um, a uh, government, government agent. Um, that are titled samurai who are sword wielding warriors uh tasked with eliminating mononoke because he wants to get basically revenge for for them killing their, his parents um and we see that he actually ends up failing the samurai entrance exam which and he is strictly told you cannot take the exam not only do we not allow retakes but you have zero um spiritual energy to <laughs> or supernatural energy to actually combat these so we w- wouldn't even be able to accept you trying to retake the exam so there's no point um, which makes him really depressed. And we see that he does have a lot of repressed memories of his family. Like he, even when he goes back to his apartment, he he has, he pictures his conversations with his mom about like becoming a samurai and things like that. And you get that throughout this chapter where his memories of his mom specifically is the strongest memories that he has. And like the promises he's made to her. Um, and again, like I said, that, that it does seem like his mother's, uh, his relationship with his mom specifically is something that powers his character throughout uh, this chapter, I mean, most likely this series. So um, there is what they kept in this scene where, where, where he gets rejected from yeah. taking the samurai entrance yeah. exam because he has their supernatural energy, right? From the blood test. They do. They make the point, And I thought this was well done. I just wanted to kind of put it in here real fast. They make. Jen Usuku makes the point of having Dora grab this giant bodybuilder by the wrist and just drag him out of the room without expending any energy. Meanwhile, the giant bodybuilder, you can see he's huffing and puffing and muscles bulging, trying to pull away from Dora's grasp. So it's implied that this kid must have, while he has no supernatural energy, he has unusual super strength. Yeah, and and it goes back into like he's a, 
like when in high school he was known as a delinquent and that's because yep. he got into a lot of fights and he's like yep. that typical delinquent spiky hair yeah unique hair color main character that you see a, a lot of in manga series where again he gets into fights a lot no one expected him to ever even graduate high school but he did somehow mm-hmm. um and again that's just kind of like the main motivator is like he's he is definitely established in this first chapter as a really good fighter at the very least in terms of gang fights and things like that yeah. so yep um, yep so yeah, so there's that establishment, and then again, just kind of Sasaki uh, goes throughout his day, um, and he comes. Uh, he's still determined to fight Mononoke. He just wants to find, figure out a way to do it. He comes across this uh, young kid that that um, tells him that uh, Mononoke is attacking uh, attacking their apartment complex. He goes inside because he's like, "This is my chance. I'm going to do prove something different." Um, as he rushes in, he he finds this very small Mononoke and um, like animal. Um, and that, that small, um, Mononoke animal is actually, their, their name is Kusanagi and it tells, what would you uh, describe so, him as like a duck, a, a kind of duck. Yeah. Like, like a duck, like, basically like a duck with like uh, very teeth? sharp teeth, <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah. Kusanagi basically tells Sasaki, Hey, you got to leave. I'm, fi- I'm trying to protect people. And which kind of makes Sasaki like what, what's going on here. Right. And then you see like this huge hulking. Um, Mononoke attack uh, Kusanagi goes in and bites the bites it trying to let tell Sasaki hey you gotta run away we'll run away the the huge monster kicks it away it kicks uh, Kusanagi away it, and then it, it you find out that the, this large monster is actually the leader of the Mononoke that's attacking this area and basically uh, Sasaki and Kusanagi say hey you know what neither of us could beat it so why don't we team up they agree to team up uh, together Kusanagi turns into this huge uh, sword that uh, like basically gives Sasaki some supernatural powers and like it allows him to cut, cut and kill this uh, Mononoke and save the kids. Um, but because they, Sasaki knows that he kind of did this without the approval of the government, approval of like the samurais, that he will probably get arrested or something will happen to him. He decides, you know, what, Kusanagi, let's run away. And they run away to a pier to like kind of go grab something to eat. And then just this is where they agree. Hey, you know what? Why don't we work together to like defeat all the Mononoke? Since it seems like we're on the same page in terms of that. Even though Sasaki hates Mononoke, he seems at least to trust Kusanagi enough to team up with him. Um, and that's where we end their story. And we also see this uh, other girl that's a, a samurai as well comes to the scene, and she's very um, mysterious of like what's going on here, and she's trying to put two, two, two and two together of what what actually happened here. And that's kind of where we end off this first chapter. Uh, Rock, what, what did you think of uh, I I really liked it. I thought this was an exciting, fun, action-packed start to this new manga title. I thought that uh, Usuku did a wonderful job giving us, again, this is no doubt, Dora is a classic Shonen Jump protagonist, no doubt about it. He is very passionate he's very excitable he's not the best student he likes to fight he's super strong he wants to be a good guy and protect the world and protect yeah. people he's yeah, got he all has, the attributes you want right yeah, he, he has a he's very much naruto in this of yes. like where he no uh he, he's seen as a delinquent no one no one talks to him he doesn't seem like he has any friends um, and then like, even when, when people like he goes to take the test, he wants to get, become like the samurai. He's still, yes. no, you, you don't have any talent. So we're not going to accept you no, no matter what you're trying to do. 
Mm-hmm. It's perfect. It is perfect. So you, I just think Dora is a character that is easy to root for. It's very likable. It's a good protagonist. I really like a Kusanagi. That's a really cute critter, duck-like critter. Totally adorable. You need that adorable monster sidekick. And I like that they complement each other really well. I really appreciate the fact that Usuku, again, much like with in Ayashimon, Usuku quickly constructs the world that we're in. He explains it very well. He explains the rules of this world very well. He quickly gives us our both the motivation for both Dora and Kusanagi. We understand their motivation. We understand what their mission is going forward. You know, Kusanagi wants to you know help people, save people from bad guys, and Dora wants the same. But he has the additional motivation of of honoring his dead mother, who we clearly understand plays a very important role in his life even after death yeah and that's important it gives it gives dora some depth to his character yeah and i think that the, the relationship with the mom is especially important because i'm not sure if osuga and um and kaku are, are like have a friendship or maybe their editors talk like talked and they related to each other because right there's a lot of similarities to how maru and dora are but mm-hmm. i think the big difference is that you with dora he has that relationship with his mom, whereas Maru is more just like the mindless Bingo. fighter that like yes. things like Goku kind of more like lining with Goku. Whereas with Dora, I would say he's more Naruto where Absolutely. he has a lot more depth. He has a lot more like backstory to his character already. And yes. we're introduced that to with his relationship with his mom. And it, I think is an important thing, especially when you're, when you're um, debuting alongside another manga series that is very similar to you and it debuted, it debuted ahead of you. Mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. very different that you, very important that there's like these established differences because yes. I could have easily read Doron uh, like if it was without that without those flashbacks. Oh yeah, I would have been like this is Ayashimon just with a different coat of paint. Absolutely um, agree. So I think that that's where like the I especially like just the mom scenes just makes everything so different because like you get into it of like this character has so much more depth. He is motivated yes. not just because he wants to fight them on Noke, but he wants to fight them because he want. Uh, like he loved his parents specifically his mom so much that mm-hmm. he wants that revenge he wants to get like um so he's not just he's not motivated by completely benevolent um attributes or he's not like just right. a pure like a pure kid like maru is like more just a pure character yeah he's just like i just want to fight because i want to fight i just want to fight with, with, with uh dora he's not he's not that the type of guy he's even though he is a very good fighter he's motivated by completely different things of that That's revenge right. of that yep memory of his mom dying and things like that. So he is one of these victims from mm-hmm. the Mononoke attack because he does know them and stuff like yeah. that. And since he is one of the victims, he is taking all that anger out as becoming a, basically a delinquent, becoming a very good fighter, but it's because all to just become a samurai and that motivation, I think, is very important. Like I said, because you are in, you just had at the beginning of the month a series that it almost has basically the same tone and same monst- basically monsters. Yeah, um, because you're dealing with monsters, demons, um, yes. whatever you want to phrase them, you're kind of the same thing, and you need these key differences. Yeah, I read Ayashimon first as well, preparing for this podcast, and then I read uh, Doron Doron right after it. And in the very beginning, Kevin, I was like, "Wait a minute, 
I just read this manga. This is not good. Yeah, not that it wasn't good. I'm just saying, that, why am I reading the same manga again? They got released around the same time. And then we got to the mom scenes. And I was like, oh, yes. Suddenly, suddenly at that point, Doron, Doron became its own unique title. And Dora became his own unique character. And as we progressed through the chapter, he became more and more unique of a protagonist. And I liked it more and more and more as we mm -hmm. headed toward the end of it. It felt more unique, this whole story. And I, I like that Dora is more of, he is the, he's the consummate underdog who is discounted and rejected every step of the way. Rejected and discounted at school and in academics. Rejected and discounted by the samurai entrance exam for not be having enough supernatural, you know, yeah, yeah, zero. Energy. you know, it's, and, and, and I liked it is, it is the true underdog tale in a big, big way, mm -hmm. which is much different than uh, over in Ayashiman with, with uh, Mauro. He's not the underdog at all. And yeah. In fact, he, he is the, He's the, he's the const, he's the consummate champ, right? He's the one who always wins. <laughs> he, he, he's like he's like Tama, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I like that Dora is firmly put in place as that classic underdog character. I like that he has the motivation from both his father who died and was a uh, uh, a military hero, I think, and his mom who really wanted him to become a samurai and really believed in him, and he really wants to honor his mom after her passing, it just, it gives him so much more depth and it gives him, it just makes him a character. It's easy to root for and to connect with. And it gives this title its own unique vibe. And I think that Kusanagi is a nice added twist because here we have Dora who hates the Mononoke with a passion, right? Because they killed his mom. He hates them with all of his heart and soul. That's why he wants to become a samurai to kill them all. And here he finds this Mononoke who actually is good and kind. And Dora has to basically like a henshin hero. He has to merge essentially right with, with uh, Kusanagi to use him as a weapon. The two have to become one. Kusanagi needs Dora's yeah. strength. Dora needs Kusanagi's spiritual energy and together they're stronger than they are yeah. separate and it's him having to, it's also that kind of coming, it's also a very shonen uh, theme of uh, you can't, not everyone is all bad or all good. Like not every group is all bad, right? Yeah. Not, not all monsters are bad. You know, not every group is bad. And it's a good life lesson as well. And it puts yeah. him in a, a, an interesting predicament. And also, like, just pairing up uh, Dora and uh, Sanagi, I think, is a very opposite from Ayashima, where it's really Maru's story, oh, yeah. and he's the fighter and everything. I think yeah. this is good, because you have that, this period, you got, like, almost a buddy cop set up, and, like, yep. I think it, it's, it goes back to, like, typical shonen jump of, like, the power of friendship and stuff like that. You're building mm -hmm. up this, uh, like, you're quickly establishing that these two are going to become friends, that they're going, that they're very much equals in this. Um, and I mm -hmm. think that's important, too, because, like, basically, they both need each other without, yep. like, them, them separate. It's not going to work. And then also you establish that they're going to be outsiders in both groups, like where yes. Dora is an outsider of the samurais and, yes. and rejected by the samurais. The same thing with Kusanagi. He seems to be a rejected Mononoke because of his size right. and everything. And all the other huge Mononoke um, discounted him because of that. So that's why you kind of like you could kind of get clued in that he's like, you know what? If you guys don't accept me, then you know what? I'm going to go against you and I'm going to right. fight you and protect and be a protector instead of a destroyer. 
Yeah. And so you got this two, these two outsiders, and they're basically at the end of this chapter, they're still outsiders where right. like Dora doesn't go back to the, like the samurai. They were actually run away from the scene instead of like mm-hmm. waiting for the samurai to, cause like he knows that something is so just setting up those subplots of like, they're going to be like outsiders in this entire world on both yeah, sides. Well, the fact that Dora's teammate, his buddy is a Mononoke automatically puts mm-hmm. Dora at odds with the samurai, even though they're, yeah. they're on the same side fighting the bad Mononoke mm-hmm. they're against each other. He's kind of, Dora's kind of put in that Peter Parker situation where he's got to run away from the cops because yeah. even though he fights the villains, the cops still hate him and want to arrest him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it also introduced and like it also lays the foundation for like what are what's going to be the reaction when yeah. like the samurai find out that Dora's using a Kusanagi and teaming up with a Kusanagi because it seems like the humans and and the Mononoke are are combative. There's no relationship there outside of like right. it's just pure animosity. So you got it. Is that going to make classify him as an enemy as well to the samurai's eyes or whenever this girl that we don't i don't think we get a name for her right we, we don't just, we don't get a name for the but, but we see her like we see her at the beginning and we see her yeah. at the end of the the chapter um or what what is her reaction going to be and then what is he going to be classified when the other samurais find out is he going to be an enemy are they going to try and bring him in you don't really know that i think that's a good mystery to have oh um, yeah to like as you're building up the series like especially this being a first chapter you don't want just put all your eggs in one basket. You don't want to put it like say, oh, oh yeah, he's he now he's accepted or whatever. Right. right. So yeah, the in, female least, samurai, she's got to become a major player because she's yeah. on the, mm-hmm. the main double page splash yeah. shot of, of, of the, the new title where you put up all your main characters. She's mm-hmm. there and she gets she's in the first scene of of you know the big opening fight scene. So you know she's gonna play mm-hmm. a big role. We I like that we don't know her name, and because I think that. It's very smart. Usuku wants us to focus solely on mm-hmm. our buddy team. And he, yeah. I think he wants to ground the reader by saying, this is, these, these two characters are the core mm-hmm. of this title. And yeah. I'm going to introduce other characters, but this is your core. And we don't know if yeah. this female samurai, if she's going to end up being, is she going to end up being kind of like, uh, you know, the, the third friend, the third friend, or is it going to be more of, cat and mouse as she's yeah. constantly chasing our two protagonists yeah yeah because i think it definitely gives me the vibe that she's gonna be the third friend because that is a typical thing with these shonen jump very typical it's, it's always you always have to have three, a, a group a friend group of three like always that's, the, that's always the three <laughs> that's the core that's the core so and it's interesting like you said it, that the core this time around for the first chapter is actually just two yep. characters instead of three so it's gonna be interesting to see if like you said is it gonna be a cat and mouse like mm-hmm. looping the third type thing of like they're they're constantly running away from the scene and running away from the cops right. and run, running away from whoever this uh, young girl is who it does they do establish that she is a star samurai as well because yeah she seems to be like one of the faces of the samurai as because of like how people celebrate her be. when uh, yep. when she defeated one of the Mononoke and stuff like that so at mm-hmm. least we do get that that where she's established as a badass without actually yeah. still oh, showing yeah. it but there's like enough enough there that where you're like this character is not to be messed with no so, no. No, and she has this cool long sword too. So, like, whenever you have a character with a long sword, that's always cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, one thing that like just reading this third manga, like with Doron, um, the one thing that just stands out to me, like with these three three mangas, is just how like we're continuing to get introduced to characters that are already overpowered by it when we start off. Like, we're not. Yeah, we do. Like, we, we we. This is like a trend that we see in a lot of manga and and anime now, like that. There's no more journey of like how how did they get that strong? It's like th- th- like we're starting off with three characters, like with 
with Dora, with Shigumaru and Muron, they're already very powerful. Even though Dora, yeah. I would say, is probably the weakest out of all of them. All the uh, three main main protagonists that we get introduced to, he's still a, a pretty strong guy, like you said at the beginning, where he he, he is able to overpower this like huge, muscly rock-looking guy. Yeah. Um. And and but uh, like it's just very interesting just having read read these three mangas that we're just starting off with three mangas that like at the core there's like the main characters all of them are extremely powerful and you don't yeah. get that here you don't get the here like it, removing the hero's journey and making it's the hero's journey something different because i had the exact kevin when i finished because i read all three back to back to back in preparation for the podcast and i was just like wow how about that we begin with three you know i would say one op in in Ayashiman. <laughs> with Maro, but all three come out the gate. Kevin, very strong, very talented, very capable. And it's just so different from, you know, what I grew up with, with manga and anime, what I grew up with, and, and you too, it, it, it was, you got your protagonist and yeah. you got to go on the journey as he leveled up yeah. and he leveled up again yeah. and he leveled up again. Then he, You know what I mean? So it's yeah. very interesting to see that there's a definite, there's just a definite shift. Yeah, you're going away from like the martial arts tournaments and all that stuff yes. like that we saw like with Dragon Ball or even like yes. Naruto, Bleach and stuff like that where you yeah. start off with characters that are not overly powerful, but like right. they get stronger over time. And sometimes they get like with Dragon Ball, like we we, we make fun of how like just the Super Saiyans and all that stuff. But there was a start <laughs> where Goku wasn't strong and like right. he was learning to become stronger That's right. and stuff like that. So yeah. like it just it's interesting just to see how much like we're we're going away from all that. And it seems like we really are. We also like I see this all the time with like Isekai animes. Yep. Um that the characters are already super powerful and that's where we're starting off at. Yep. And it just seems like that's the trend that a lot of mangas are going towards now. And these yeah. three are an example of that of like where we are just introduced to three characters that already have like a, a strong skill set even though they're probably gonna get stronger and stuff like that there's gonna be characters introduced that will probably be stronger than them eventually and motivate them to get stronger but it's just interesting but, that they're already starting with a strong base level absolutely is it definite there's been a definite shift uh with manga it's just, it's it's very interesting to see I, i'm okay with it i mean i i like yeah. The, yeah. the older style of doing it with the, with the yeah. leveling up and the hero's journey i i dig that too but you know this is this is pretty good too. I, I both approaches have their merits. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, it does. And then it's just that, like, when you're flooding the market with too many, I think that's I, where it stands out. Which I is kind of which is I agree. Which is like I think one of the things like having read these three three mangas because it's not just Doron, um, but it, it, it does stand out more with that because again, it's the final the final of the third that was introduced to us in this month. Yep. Where yep. you're like, oh man, is this just the genre now of like where where every character has to be overpowered at the beginning and mm-hmm. it's not. And so are we just going to be introduced to more, even more ridiculous power levels? Because we see that with what Masho is another one that's similar to that. um, Yes. And things like that. And even Jujutsu Kaisen. um, But even Jujutsu Kaisen, like while the character was strong, he's new to the world and doesn't have the skills and stuff like that. So there was a little bit of a training arc with that. Yep. Um, And but with these these three mangas, the characters are already almost overpowered. Like even Thora, all he needed was like the sword. And now he's automatically... And automatically, he's already like as powerful as anybody. Bingo! Like he, yeah. yeah. So, so again, it's just an interesting thing to like as we're reading these three manga that kind of the hero's journey has morphed into something different now. Really? Than what, what, than like when we were growing up. Absolutely, and, and you know, it, it'll be interesting, Kevin, to see how long this lasts because you know it. Yeah. The tide always turns, right? It's it's cyclical. Yeah, it's always it like is. it goes it goes back, and hopefully, 
Hopefully we get more tournaments because I, I know that my favorite thing of mangas is always the tournament arcs. <laughs> Dude, I love a tournament. I love a tournament. It's so but, fun. <laughs> that, that is my favorite thing in, in, in any manga or like even shows. So is it like a good tournament. That, what, that's how you get me. One reason why uh, I love Kinikimasu so much, Kevin, is because it's literally nothing but tournaments. It's that's all, all it is. It's all it's all King of the <laughs> for Ring. For like 30 years, Kevin, it's been just tournament, tournament, tournament. <laughs> yeah, it's all King of the Ring for in, in Kinikimasu. <laughs> it is. <laughs> But, yeah no and again we'll, we'll see that uh, like with these three mangas again i think dora Doran has enough difference from Shimon to stand out on its own like i said the mother stuff i Agreed. think is very important for it to stand out and i I, I would recommend it too again if you're into the uh, like the mo- kind of a monster um uh fantasy world i think that it has, it has a, a cool thing and i think this with Shimon. It's going to be interesting to see how both of these especially develop and yes. how much they like try and be a little different while they're kind of telling the same story. So it'll be interesting to mm-hmm. see as, as we go along, how, if like one of them stands out over the other. I agree. Um, no. Cause I, I, it does feel like that, it, that one of them will end up standing up out over the other, yes. but it'll be, yes. it, but I'm not sure yet because both of them have strong first chapters. If I'm just looking at them individually, they Absolutely. both have the strong setups and stuff like that. It's just going to be, it, there's always just going to be that one that stands out more, more than the other. Uh, um, down the road, so I'll be I'll, I'll be interested to see which one out of the two, like just goes above the other. I agree. No, and and I like this first chapter of Doron Doron. It gave me enough, Kevin, that I'm gonna come back for. Yeah, it. I'm gonna yeah. come back. Well, I'm gonna add this along with Ayashiman. I'm gonna add Doron Doron to my read list. I'm gonna continue reading it, mm-hmm. and I would definitely recommend anyone who likes fighting manga, uh, manga involving you know supernatural beings. Uh, to definitely give it a try. I think we're in store for something good. Yeah. And I think, yeah, same for me. I think I'm going to give it the, at least the three chapters that I try and normally give mangas that, yep. especially if I enjoy the first chapter, I'll give uh, two more chapters to. And I think this is definitely one of them. And mm-hmm. I'll see if like, if I'll continue reading this and Aishiman or just one or the other um, over each other. And it'll be interesting. I, I'm very interested to see how things go. So. Well, with Again. the the, the yeah. newest chapter, Kevin, for Doran Doran just dropped today. Yep, I haven't read chapter two yet, but I can tell you, Kevin. So I I, I don't know for sure how if Doran Doran will. Yeah, you know, I I'm like you. I give it three chapters and then we see if I want to make it permanent. I don't know. The jury's still out yet. Well, let's, we got to wait two more chapters. But I can tell you, Kevin, I've already read chapters one, two, and three, and I'm chomping at the bit for chapter four. Of <laughs> it's in. It's in, my friend. Nice. No nice. That, that, that's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how Dora Doran um, turns out for you. Yep. Um, but again, again, I think this was a strong month of debuts uh, for these three new Shonen Jump mangas. And I think yep. it's just going to be, it's going to be fun to see, oh, always fun to see new mangas uh, joining, the, joining the lineup and especially joining like for us getting on Viz and Shonen like manga and we're experiencing these mangas for the first time along with like the Japanese market. Yep. So All right, awesome. Is there anything else that you wanted to add before we finish up? this episode oh very impressed with what shonen jump has been bringing us with all the new manga more often than not kevin it's it's pretty good quality there haven't been too many where i've just been like what were they thinking even Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for me in particular i could see why it would appeal to someone who liked that style or that genre Mm -hmm. there have been very few new ones they've rolled out on this on the shonen jump service that i was just like ooh, that was not good yeah yeah and Again, I think that's where we're just going to end the episode, but um, in terms of talking about the new mangas and, but before ending this episode, I did want to mention to you guys, I, I think I said this last episode, 
as well that we're going like we're going to basically be ending the year we're not going to be doing like our normal monthly review wrap-up of of all the chapters instead we're going to be doing our top tens of them of the year um so next week you'll see an episode where we're going to rank our top 10 mangas actually we're just going to go with that i think we've kind of all formulated what which ones are our favorite of the year with the amount of chapters we've gotten this year so far yeah. for all, all of them so next week you'll you'll see that rock and i will each have our own individual list we won't be consulting with each other so it'll be as much of a surprise what rock puts in his top 10 as <laughs> it will be for you guys so um, we'll be just doing for everyone, everyone knows Kevin's already blocked me from adding any manga title <laughs> that's not being published in English in America. That means Shikama will not be on my top 10 list. I'm just letting that know right he'll now. Be, I know he'll put it on number one somehow. <laughs> yeah, I, I do know that. Um, but no, we'll, we'll, yeah, but we'll be talking about um, the our top 10 mangas of, of the year that will be including in, the ones that have been releasing individual chapters or have started releasing the volumes because again it's been different like it is different here in the states where sometimes they'll just release volumes or um or just the individual chapter so we may include a couple of mangas that might have concluded in japan for in 2020 but they started coming out here in 2021 so you may see that that's going to be a little bit different and we'll talk about that during that episode and then the week after that we're going to be actually covering uh the jump festa we're going to get all the news because there's going to be so many anime trailers manga announcements and other things like that that we're, we're both excited to find out about i know i just want to see that chainsaw man and spy x family trailer that that's what i'm most hyped for and so we're going to be talking all about that the week after that and then the we're going to end the month with talking about our top 10 animes for the year as well so again we're going to be doing just like kind of a season wrap up and look ahead so um that's kind of where we're going to be concluding this uh this year so Look out for those episodes. But again, uh, Rock, thank you again for joining me on this episode uh, of the Mega Revolution podcast. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Fun awesome. as always. Well, yeah, it is. And all right, everyone have a good rest of your day.